Hello and welcome to another episode of, uh, I forgot the name of my podcast. Hello and welcome to an episode of Gen 2.0. In conversation with me today, I have Changavi Kajamuhan. Hi. Hello. Changavi is a fifth year medical student at Imperial College School of Medicine. Mm-hmm. And thank you so much for being on my show. Thank you so much for having me, Kitty. Yay. Okay. So, hello. Hi, Kitty. How are you? I'm good, thank you. How are you? Yeah, good. I'm so excited to be here today. Oh my <laughs> God. I love that you're directing the direction <laughs> of your podcast. Um, how was your day? My day has been good. It's been a good day today. Um, and how is work? So you're actually... I'm still a student, so I've okay. just come from uni. So it's not uni, I come from hospitals. So I'm a medical student, so I go into firms, so that's hospitals. So I've okay. just come um, from the A&E today. That's nice. So NHS A&E, right? Mm-hmm. The NHS A&E. And you work in... Well, you don't have to t- say the name of the hospital, because mm-hmm. we don't want to gather stalkers <laughs> but uh you work in southwest no london? no northwest london northwest yeah, that's okay where that's studying. nice so she works in like a bougie hospital guys <laughs> like you know i don't work i mean I'm, you I'm know so what? she shadows bougie people who work in bougie <laughs> hospitals and that's what's important so and i want to just specifically pronounce your name correctly mm-hmm. so i say shangabi mm-hmm. because i have so many friends that say that pronounce mm-hmm. their names as shangabi mm-hmm. but you pronounce it changabi so it's really interesting. I, I I still don't know how it's supposed to be pronounced. So my parents call it. My parents call me um, Changavi, Changavi, but the actual name is Sangavi. But because of numerology, it's spelled with a ch. So I um, go with, and you know, my white friends call me Changavi. So yeah, I go we with white Changavi. Well, so you're yeah, not going to no. be called Changavi today. Ch- I, I mean, I yeah, I still don't know how to pronounce my name. So yeah, Changavi, Changavi, Changavi. Yeah, let's go I like with that. that. It's like Changavi, yeah. and also it's nice. Oh, noise, Changavi. <laughs> No, it's sort of like a Changavi. Uh, yeah. yeah. I hate that. Ugh. I have a very difficult name as well, so I feel like people just pronounce it however they want, and I never correct them. I however, call you Kitty. But that's not my real name. How would you, how do you, how, what do you like to be called? So my real, no, as in like, that's what I like yeah. to be called. Yeah, you like to be called Kitty. But my real name yeah. is actually Kritika. 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 You Kritika. said it right. And there's actually a really soft H in there, but yeah. there's no H in the spelling. Yeah. So it's like Kritika, because there's a th noise in Hindi, yeah, 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 the alpha, yeah. numeric alphabet. And um, people call me Kritika. Oh. People don't even bother saying my name, so they're shipping Kitty. Kitty. It's just Kitty now. Just Kitty. But actually, Kritika's a really nice name. So you should I go tell with people, that. people say critical yeah. without the L. That's a really good way. Yes, critical. and everyone's like, ooh, Kritika. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I really like that. Yeah. Yeah. So now I know. Now I've kind of got my knack. That's my party trick. That's I'm good. obviously a great. Critical, but without the L. Right. I need exactly. to find something like that for a chunk of it, you know? So, Changavi, uh, do you want to talk about a little bit about your childhood? So, tell me, where are you from? You know what, Kitty? Like, um, I find this question really difficult to answer. Um, where am I from? Um, so, right now, I'm in London, but I was born in Sri Lanka, but I don't like to refer to the island as Sri Lanka. Okay. So, but I'm from the island. I was born there, um, and I moved here when I was nine. Okay. But right now, I, I would say I identify myself as a British Tamil. Interesting. Mm. And then where did you grow up in the UK? So I grew up in Reading, okay. so just outside of London. Yeah. Um, and then I moved to London when I was when I got into uni. Nice. So, but also Reading, lived in Reading. Birmingham for two, three years. Yeah, shout out to Kishan, you brought up <laughs> the conversation. But I mean, also, I think 
Reading isn't too far from London. No, so as not. a northerner, I've always just grouped Reading, Surrey, Kent. They're all the same to you, aren't they? They're all the same to me. Oh, Hertfordshire, what the fuck is that? That's all the same to me. <laughs> like, you are M25 and plus one. Kind and of below. Yeah. And whereabouts on the island are you from? Let's call it the so, island. I mean, I, so I call it the homeland or the motherland. Okay. So I'm like, you know what? If you know where I'm from, I, you know, I just call it the homeland. Um, but I'm from, so my, my dad's from uh, the northern part called Jaffna. My mum's from like a middle part. I think called. everyone Tamil is from, I think everyone I know that is Tamil is from Jaffna. And they all yeah, know each I mean, other. That's one of the They're like, oh yeah, you know, your grandma is like two <laughs> is, like, is just down from my grandma. And it's like, it is oh. a small community, I'd say, yeah. yeah. Um, my mum's from this place called Vaunia. She's yeah. actually, you know, we lived in Vaunia, but um, she's from this place called Mulyavele, from like this district called Mulatiwe. Oh. So, I'm just throwing out names, aren't I? Like, <laughs> yeah, like, I think this you know means them. nothing to me. I actually <laughs> but, have been to Sri Lanka. Mm-hmm. However, I've just been a typical tourist. Mm-hmm. I've been to Colombo. We landed nice. there. Have some dad's friends there. Then we went down to Gaul, which is, I think, where every Gaul white so person nice, goes yeah. to because it's like gorgeous and mm-hmm. full of life and it's colonized by the Portuguese. Mm-hmm. So I feel like the influence is very Western. Mm-hmm. And then we also went to um, Ahungala, which is near Gaul. So mm-hmm. it's about a 40 minute drive from Gaul. Yeah. Um, we stayed there the majority of the time. But yeah, but my parents have actually been to Kandy. They've been to Jaffna. Um, nice. I grew up near Kandy for, for a few years as well. Yeah, nice. Yeah, that's such a beautiful part of It's very um, rainforesty vibes. Yeah. Like, I'm digging that. I'm like digging. I, <laughs> I'm going to say something very controversial. Yeah. And if I'm not a pussy, I won't edit it out. I prefer Sri Lanka to India. I mean, I, I don't think that's I, controversial, no, Kitty. I think it's very controversial for an Indian to say that. I think because I'm very disregard. patriotic. Yeah. And I think Sri Lanka just has so much more to offer than India. Even I despite think, it being such a small island. Yeah. I think that's the beauty of the island. And I think if you disregard the whole political situation and everything else that goes on there, I think if you just take the island for what it is, I yeah. think in such a short, like, in such a small island, you have such a great variety. But I think you have politics anywhere you go. So you can say the same thing about India. Mm. I think there's very... There's lots of communities with civil unrest there as well. Yeah, I think... But probably not on the same scale as Sri Lanka, purely Mm. because Sri Lanka is so small. Mm. Uh, But I mean, yeah. I'm going to say it for the Indians out there. I love Sri Lanka. Sri Lanka's in the bad, like, whatever is a thing. No, I... Again, I just want to clarify, though. (laughs) Like, I think... You have politics wherever you go. I, I completely agree with that. But I think with Sri Lanka, one of the things that really causes me unrest, and that, that's one of the reasons why I wouldn't say I identify myself as a Sri Lankan, is because of the whole genocide yeah. that has taken place and the history it has of oppression against yeah. Tamils. No, and so, I can I can resonate with you as to why you wouldn't want to call it Sri Lanka, because mm-hmm. why call it the name of something that your people didn't give it, right? It's not... I think it was the name that was... So, for instance... Um, mm-hmm. Um, when Sri Lanka became independent, it was called Ceylon at the time from the British. Yeah. So when they became independent, which is um, by the way Ceylon tea. Yeah. You white <laughs> so it's called Ceylon at the time. Uh, when they became independent, um, so the, the constitution was passed. They sang the national anthem in two different languages, so Tamil and Sinhalese. And I think one of the common um, uh, rhetorics at the time was: if you have two languages, you have one nation. If you have one language, you'll have two nations, mm-hmm. right? And that was the idea behind singing the national anthem in two different languages. Um, and this year, this January, they scrapped the Tamil national anthem. Because they don't care. Yeah, not that yeah. they don't care, but I mean, for I, whatever political reasons, mm, it's not deemed as exactly. the national anthem. Yeah, So, and I just find that quite oppressive to my identity. So that's why I find it quite difficult to 
call it Sri Lanka because of the whole constitution change that came in with the change of name as well. No, completely agreed. I think we'll touch upon that mm-hmm. later. Um, just, I'd like to know your experience when you went back mm-hmm. now as opposed to when you went back as a kid mm-hmm. or, you know, even growing up mm-hmm. there. But I mean, that comes a lot later in the podcast. So we'll talk about Reading now. We'll yeah. talk about the wonderful <laughs> really? thing that is Reading. Okay. Not as fancy a salon, but whatever. <laughs> um, so you moved here when you were nine. Yeah. And you went to primary school. Eight and a half, yeah. Well, eight or nine. You were in year three, four? Year four. Okay. And then what was it like having moved from Sri Lanka to Reading for the first time in your life? Um, it was different. It was different. Yeah. So to be honest, like my parents thought it would be a short term move. So my mum came here to do her PhD. Um, so we were only going to stay here for about three, maximum four years. So the idea behind my parents are, you know, you need to go, go to London like every weekend, go to London Eye, check it out, because we're going to go back soon. <laughs> we're going back soon. Um, so yeah, it was just different. And I remember, I remember like um, driving into our home on the first day, um, and the bricks weren't painted. And obviously, like that's that's the that those are houses it's in like London, a rustic right? Brick yeah, look. that's yeah. the sort of that's the sort of vibe um, we have here. But I was like, I can't live here. This house isn't finished. Um, but yeah, I, but it was it was fine. Okay. And then fitting in in school. Yeah. How was that? Well, let's talk about the actually before mm. we get into that. Could you, without giving away the name of your school, because mm. I will get sued, uh, <laughs> could you describe like the demographics of your school? The I think that's really important. Mm. So from what I remember, um, so I went to two different primary schools. The first one was quite, um, it, was a, it was a white majority. Mm-hmm. And then the second school I went to was more mixed. Okay. Um, but yeah, I don't think I felt any different though, surprisingly. Um, Good. That's yeah. what we want. Yeah. I think I've had lots of different mm. answers on this podcast. And yeah. I think a lot of the time people were made especially 1.5 gens yeah. and I hope you don't mind I'm going to refer to you as a 1.5 gen I think gen. I am a 1.5 gen um, I think especially when you grow up in a white majority area you find it really difficult because you find yourself lost between your identities because your parents will be super one culture mm. and then you're trying to fit in with your white friends at school mm. who are like quintessentially British mm. um, so I'm glad that you didn't experience that no. I did I, I, I remember so vividly though so on the first day here um, my class was so welcoming um, and I think they were trying to play like this game during break I think it was like bulldog or something and they're trying to explain it to me they were all like gathered around me and they're trying to explain it to me in English and obviously I didn't understand anything right <laughs> and I was just like why why is everyone like surrounding me like what's happening and I just like left them and I went to sit down on a bench because I had no idea what was going on um, but I still remember that it was so sweet of them because they made an effort to yeah. kind of include me. Oh. And they did that this like that whole week and like the weeks after. And obviously after I started picking up English after a while, it became easier. Um, but I, I think that was so sweet of them. That's really, yeah. I'm so happy that you have this, I'm so happy you got that experience. Yeah. Like that is basically what you want. Mm. And I think also you're at an impressionable age as well. Mm. So you're going to... When we're kids, it's a, I think personally it's a lot easier than when you're in high school and people already have grown up to develop an unconscious bias. Whereas mm. when you're eight, you don't really understand racism and no. you know you don't really understand colour either. And it's just a diff- the, someone looks differently to you and that's fine. And then in terms of high school, how was your high school experience? High school was great. Um, high school was very mixed again. Um, but I think high school, I think naturally, I think by high school, the, the friendships I started to form were mainly sort of Asian background yeah. of Asian backgrounds okay. Asian backgrounds but I, I think that's just because we had more in common people understood you know like I can't go to sleepover they don't understand you know I didn't have to be like I didn't have to explain it too much so um 
Yeah, so I think high school was also a good experience. Um, I, I went to a school where uh, the majority of people were commuters, so they would either come in from London to Reading, oh, okay. um, or from quite far away yeah. to that school. Um, so, yeah, again, like high school was a good experience. Other thing I wanted to talk about is your parents kind of settling into Reading. Mm-hmm. So your mum came here for a PhD. Mm-hmm. I. What about your dad? Like, how did you know? What was he doing in the country? If you don't mind me asking. Yeah, that's fine. Um, Honestly, I think the biggest change I've seen is in my dad, yeah. um, in sort of adapting to a completely different um, lifestyle and a way of life. Um, like I said, we came here thinking it was going to be a three-year, four-year thing. My mum came here on a scholarship, so it, it was all paid for her to come here and like live here. And there was a talk at the time of like leaving behind the family so she could come here for three, four years and then go back. Um, so we left my younger sister back back home for a year. You got, <laughs> do you know how many times yeah. in my podcast people yeah. have talked about being left behind in the home oh, country? And everyone, everyone has been like, yeah, I just lived with my grandma for like three years. Yeah. And I was like, wow, your parents really didn't love you. And I know that because my own little sister was left behind oh. in India. <laughs> But yeah, that's it's very so normal. Common. Yeah, yeah it's I think like common. also like in a completely new country, who's going to look after them? You know, like you but don't know what's waiting in, for I think you. Also, people seem to get really confused, and I remember telling mm. my white friends that my little sister lived in India for mm-hmm. a year, and they were like, "How can your parents just leave her like that?" But in essence, mm. in countries like India and Sri Lanka, mm. a village raises mm. a child. You're not by yourself looking up with the child nanny. You're with your aunts and uncles and yeah. people that know you have known you for generations, and I think yeah. it's completely different. But yeah, so your little sister was back in Sri Lanka and then your dad had to suddenly, obviously, you know, support your mum emotionally through her PhD, raise you as a child, and then also kind of deal with it himself. Yeah, so he was on a student-dependent visa at the time. So he could only work part-time. Okay. Um, And that really, like, limited his sort of possibilities, I feel, in that time. So I think that must have been a really difficult time for him, those sort of three, four years. Um, So he would work night shifts. Um, and then he, I remember like there was hardly a time when my mom and dad would both be at home together mm-hmm. at the same time. So my dad would be, would go out for, would go to work at night. As soon as he's back, my mom would leave okay. to do her like um, lab Same. work. Yeah. And then she'll come back as soon as he, she's back, my dad will go. Um, and then he only really gets to sleep when we're at school. Yeah. So um, yeah, it was, it was a pretty difficult time. Um, and I only, I think I only really realized when I went back home in 2016 and I actually realized the sort of lifestyle he had back home mm-hmm. so he was an area manager for a bank at that back home yeah which um, is a big deal which is a in, big deal yeah. yeah and he was able he had flexible working hours he could do whatever he wanted and to be honest like I look at my dad and he was just he was he's just like another you know another guy who wanted to have his boys night with his boys <laughs> you know he was pretty like chill back home and then all, all of a sudden he's back here and like he's having to cook He's having to do all of these things, so it was difficult for him. Okay. So, but I mean, I think every immigrant dad, mm. especially from South Asian descent, I hope mm. you don't mind me commenting. I mm. think deals with that struggle. Yeah, absolutely. Because in India, for example, you have a maid, mm. and I don't know if it's the same in Sri Lanka, but there's yeah. always like someone helping out yeah. at home, and then they have to come here and make rice for themselves yeah. and food for themselves, yeah. do their own laundry, and I think it's a bit of a culture shock. It is. Because you have someone literally wiping your bum in these countries, <laughs> and that's fine, and it's okay, but I'm glad, I mean, I'm, your dad's very self-sufficient, so shout out to your dad, <laughs> I'm here, like, you're doing men proud. Yeah. Mr. Independent, <laughs> independent men where He's you actually are. such a good cook now. Oh, mate, yeah. well, I'm gonna come round to Reading, and you're gonna cook me up some food, <laughs> so we're good. Um, and then in terms of growing up in mm. school as well, what do you think, do you have any, funny kind of uh, memories of 
Okay, you just made a really weird face. <laughs> Funny like memories it. of particular things because you were Tamil. Well, mm. let's not call you Tamil Sri Lankan because you were Sri Lankan or Tamil, whatever oh, you call, want. Call me Tamil. 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 Yeah, or Tamil. Tamil or Tamil. Tamil is very. Yeah, I think that's how that's how I would um, identify myself. Okay, so. Do you have any kind of funny stories about growing up Tamil? Um, I'm not What's your funniest memory? And you look back and you feel like if you told any oh, other really? Tamil person about this, they'd be yeah. like, oh, jokes, like, happened to me too. So I'm kind of like subtle curry traits situation, but Tamil's limited. Yeah, you know, I'm struggling to limited think edition. because um, I, I can't actually think of, I can't really think of something like that. Guys, I've like brought that. the deadest Tamil <laughs> show. I'm so sorry, no. She's the deadest, no, she has honestly, no jokes. No, no, no. Cancelled. <laughs> Episode not being aired. <laughs> should have brought should on. I'm trying to think. Um, no, I, I, no, but you know I see all the, all of these like memes on Subtle Code Code yeah. Rates. Um, and like I've seen the ones for Tamils as well. Like, I don't actually relate to a lot of them <laughs> from growing up. Um, but then I, I do relate to them through friends because I've heard stories like relating to that yeah. through friends. Um, so what were your par- let, let's mm. talk a, let's talk a couple of pain points mm. that are usual for South Asians. Mm. Um, what are your parents like on boys? To be honest, I don't think we even had this talk because <laughs> that was non-existent at the time. Um, but I do remember actually. I think when I was sort of like nine. Okay. I was like nine. Um, it was a primary school, and like I had like I, obviously I was friends with everyone, um, and then like. Because obviously we're like nine-year-old kids, right? And they're like, oh, is he your boyfriend? And I didn't know what a boyfriend was. So I came back home, asked my mum. I was like, oh, it, they're asking me if he's my boyfriend. Is he my boyfriend? And then my mum was like, Changami, boyfriend is just a friend who's a boy. <laughs> okay, <laughs> You can have as many boyfriends as you want. So then the next day I go back into school, I'm like, yeah, he is. He is. And everyone's like, oh, kiss in the playground. <laughs> and then I was so confused. I was like, what's going on here? But um, yeah, like I think my parents were pretty chill. Not okay. chill, but I, I, I think I don't think we had that. They, conversation. Made, they didn't. They were, They chose a mockery route than the yeah, serious route. Yeah, I think yeah. so. I think so. Um, but I think my parents have always. They've always encouraged me to be friends with whoever. Yeah. Um, they've never sort of said you can't go with someone. Boys are. Yeah, yeah, that's never been like an excuse. Or no, um, it's okay. always been yeah. That was very different in my house. Yeah. Like shout out to my dad who's probably listening to this. Why did you bar me? Every time, because I went to a girls' school, yeah. and my dad, I'd be like, there's a party. My dad's first question would be, yeah. like, are the boys going to be there? And I was <laughs> like, well, I don't understand, because my dad knew I was very friendly with the boys, yeah. with my family friends, yeah. and all my closest family friends are guys. Yeah. And um, I was very surprised. I was like, well, why are you so surprised I'm friends yeah. with boys? But I think I just learned to hide it. And I became one of those it. Asians that never told their parents mm. what I was doing, what I was up to, and who I was texting, because mm. they were really strict. Yeah. But I'm really glad. But then I've had people who have completely opposite, mm. uh, complete opposite yeah. experiences. So I, I can never I tell. I would say I have a pretty open relationship with my parents. Yeah. So I feel like I can tell them. So if I did have a boyfriend, or if I did have something, I feel like I can tell them. Yeah. Um, I don't know if they'll be happy with it, but... <laughs> same. Can, so I think I least, now... Yeah. I think now I'm the same. Mm. It's funny because I've been out going out with my boyfriend for years mm. and I we are very much boyfriend and girlfriend. I've referred, I, I call him my boyfriend from my parents. Mm. But to this date, my dad will still refer to our relationship as a courtship. <laughs> a courtship. A courtship. That's very like 1950s, 60s. You right. Know? I was like, whoa. I was like, you need to chill. He courtship. was like, I find it really weird that you hang out with his family on the mm. weekends. And I was like... I don't courtship. know what world you're living in, but this is not 2020. Yeah. Um, Actually, you know, I do remember um, in like sixth form. Yeah. So, you know, every time you, if you had like parties, if you're going out somewhere, 
Um, so you know when you say please start at seven, it really starts at nine and then you go out at like 11, whatever, right? Come home at three or whatever. Yeah. So if they say seven, my dad will drop me off at seven. Okay. And he's there to pick me up at nine or 10. Yeah. So that's when people are coming through at like yeah. nine, 10. That's when people are coming through to please. And by nine, 10, I'm ready to leave. Yeah. No, <laughs> so, that, I think that's quite common with me as well. Yeah. So my dad would be like, okay, 701, I pick you up. And then one, I... I I'm you up. freaking you up. And then even at concerts, I remember I went to Drake yeah. for the first time. Drake! Oh my Drizzy God. Drake. And yeah. I was 14 years old and my dad picked me up at 10 o'clock on the dot. Even though Drake didn't come on till 9.45. <laughs> he picked and you up at 10. I was so mad because obviously they have, this, they have the pre-show. Yeah. They have the pre-show. Did you want message him and say, I'm going to be a Listen, my, when I'm 14, my dad did not care. That mom was going to come pick me up. He had to go to work in the morning. So you missed the concert? I listened to like three songs and then it was time to leave. Oh Drizzy Drake, if you're listening to this, please do a personal concert <laughs> for me. I missed out. But yeah, so that, I mean, it's just so funny that we have the complete different, oop, hmm. we have the complete different uh, kind of experiences. Yeah. But it's fine, it's good. I think Tamil, this is why I'm a professional anchor, guys. Tamil parents, learn something North Indian parents from them because <laughs> they seem to be chill AF. Okay, cool. So we're going to now talk about... Um, Actually, one of the questions I had for you is, um, did you ever visit your parents' hometown? That is a stupid mm. question. No, Because you not, were born not. there no, and you not. lived there. No. But now, going back, have you gone to Sri Lanka often? Actually, you know, when I actually lived there, so I was born there, I was born in the motherland, um, but I didn't actually visit either my parents or my... No, I didn't visit my mum's hometown. Really? Because this was during the war. Okay. So there were so many restrictions on actually being able to get to the hometown. Um, and so I wasn't able to visit my mum's hometown. Um, till 2018, that was the first time I actually properly went. And like that's the first recollection I have of her hometown. Um, my dad's hometown, I think I visited for the first time when I was about five. And that was a huge deal I remember at the time because he had to get passes and he had to get like a whole plane to go to the other side. So it wow. was like a big deal. Yeah. Um, and I think it was a bigger deal to go from that same country than for me to go now. Yeah. Um, because the whole, the past process takes like six months to arrive. Um, and that was the first, not that, I, my, I, I'm pretty sure my dad's grandparents had come to visit me, but yeah. I don't really remember that. But that was the first time I actually went to his house, the house he grew up in. Um, and that was an experience. And I was five at the time. And it was oh, like, that's sweet. Yeah, and, and I remember being really scared of my grandparents because I didn't know them. I didn't like recognize them because yeah, that wasn't the sort of um, experience we had. Um, but that was because of the war. With my mom's um, hometown, uh, like I said, it's called Muliavale, and it's about 16 kilometers away from this place called Muli Baikal. Um, I don't know if you've been following my Instagram stories, but Muli Baikal was where the last um, stage of the genocide took place in 2009. Okay. Um, and that's where the end, the war came to an end. Okay. Um, in 2009. It's quite historic. It's a very historic yeah, place. Yeah, it's a historic it's place. 16 kilometers away. Okay. So um, I, when I went there in 2008. I wasn't able to go um, because that place was pretty much under lockdown. Okay. Um, so I wasn't able to go to her hometown. Oh, that's a shame. Yeah. And have you been since? I have, but not with my... I've been with my mum, with my grandma, my mum, okay. maternal grandma. Um, and she she was so excited to take me in 2016. She was, like, showing me around. Like, she couldn't she couldn't wait to, like, you know, introduce me to all her neighbours. and yeah. yeah, yeah. But the thing is, it's it's almost like a... It's it's like a ghost town now because no one really lives in these villages anymore. People because have either a place emigrated. Of yeah. yeah, of course. Yeah, so if you go to these houses, it's like pretty much no one lives there, or um, yes, yeah, it's, it's really empty and it's quite sad to see. Oh, I'm really sorry to hear that. <laughs> and your mum hasn't gone back since. 
My or mom, she's gone back on a separate occasion. She's gone back on separate okay. occasions, yeah. We haven't been able to go back together as a family since 2008. Because I think that would be almost triggering for your mum, right? Mm. Because she grew up in this place and mm. then it was thrown into conflict. She hasn't been back. And all the memories you have suddenly associated are gone. Yeah. Because either it's in a, a site of distress mm. so they no longer exist due to wars and the people you know have now left and they've immigrated elsewhere and it's like you go home but who do you really say hi exactly. to apart from your mum and her pals <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> that yeah. kind of thing exactly. so what a shame and actually what's the name of the place uh, so my hometown is Mulia Valley. Mulia Valley. Mulia Valley. Yeah. Mulia Valley. Yeah. So that, and that's yeah that's that's my mum's place oh that's mm. nice well I mean I will link Shang Jungabies. Jungabies. Uh, you can call me how you usually call me. Shangabi. Yeah. No, I don't like that. It's very white. Like it this white people way. I'm going to call you Jungabi now. Yeah. Um, I'm going to put a little Indian twist on it. Like Jungabi. Like, yeah, that's fine. Yeah. I think Jungabi. That's I'm the one. good. Okay. Well, I'm going to link her Instagram. So if you want to follow the Aww. journey, you now can watch her stories. <laughs> and I think you have a little story anyway saved. I think so. I don't know. I will follow up on that one. I'll get back to everyone. <laughs> I will write, I'm going to be like, link below, but then this is not a video, so there's no link below. Um, and then also, um, do you have many Tamil friends in the UK? Um, so let's, uh, I, I'm very aware that you have lots of Tamil friends now. Yeah. But let's take it way back to under 18. So no. during school, did you have Tamil friends? Not at all. Not none of them at all. Um, because I didn't actually have many Tamils in my class. I had one girl. Shout out to Mahisha if you're listening. Um, and so because we were both Tamil in the same year, we were, we were good friends. Um, and our parents like then became like then got to know each other. So um, we became friends through school. But um, in terms of the community, Reading doesn't have a huge Tamil community, or at the time it didn't anyway. Um, I think now it's kind of growing. But at the time we didn't have a huge Tamil community. Okay. So I, did, I didn't actually have a lot of Tamil friends growing up. And that's one of the reasons why I really, really wanted to come to Imperial and be in London. Because I was like, I need to, I need to get on the Tamil scene. <laughs> I need some Tamil friends. So, okay, let's mm. talk about Imperial mm. then. So, for those of you uh, that will have listened to the intro, uh, Changabi is a medical, final year medical... No, yeah, fifth year. It's so long. What? It's oh, so, you're it's not so final no, year. Not yes. Yet. Okay, fifth year medical student at Imperial College mm-hmm. School of Medicine. I do have to say ICSM. It's oh. not as catchy as like ICL. No, I think ICSM it used to be is in a, better. It used to be Imperial College London, but they took we the are. college away. No, they took the London away. Oh, is it? Because no longer University of London. You actually oh. left the year I joined uni, I think. Oh, okay. So it was really we weird. We call ourselves Imperial College London. Fake news, guys. You're not ICL. Um, so, yeah, anyway, you're a uh, fifth-year student. Mm-hmm. Sorry, not sixth. Fifth-year student at Imperial. So let's talk about why you want to study medicine. Mm. Why medicine? Um, oh, I feel like I'm in a medical school interview. Why medicine? Um, I think... So I think I've always... I think... I've always wanted a career or like I wanted to do something with my life where I can give back to Mm -hmm. my community right Um, and I think medicine is one of those careers where you can self-sustain yourself and be giving back to your community that is such a good way of putting it I really like the way you phrased (laughs) it there because self-sustain is a Mm. really big part of making a difference in the world yeah because you cannot make the difference if you don't have anything exactly yeah exactly and I think you know I think when you're young you kind of tell yourself oh I want to do work for like charities I want to do this but in reality you need to have that it's not economically sustainable it's not economically sustainable but I think as it's a career which rewards you for being able to do good to other people of course um and I think that's one of the reasons why I chose medicine and I think for me it's really important for me to go like for me I find it 
really sort of inspiring and like rewarding to go to places and people who've never had access to healthcare before in their lives um, and be able to offer them that healthcare, right? Like there's this really good saying in Tamil again. Um, like you can't you can't paint a picture. Do you want to say it in Tamil? It's like um, which basically means you need a wall to be able to paint on it so you yeah. need to look after your wall right yeah so uh, yeah so that's Got like <laughs> <laughs> no so like your health and your yeah. um, your mental health your like physical health is super important for you to lead a fulfilling life and of to course. actually like you know reach your potential um, and I think that's so important for people especially in like third world countries and that's because I feel like those people don't have as much access to healthcare of as course. we do here I think it's really nice to hear that um, because growing up when I used to ask people why do you want to study medicine they'd be like oh because my parents do it and I don't know what else to do Mm. and it's just nice that there's a reassuring faith somewhere (laughs) out there is doing it for the good reasons and you know what my dad tried to convince me to do medicine obviously because he's a doctor and he said Oh, bitter! Like you'll never have a job shortage. That's how yeah. he sold it to me. He was like, "You'll never not have be able to find shortage. a job in the world." And I was like, "No, you're meant to say because you help people." Yeah. But I think after working for the NHS for 25 years, I'd have the, a different <laughs> view as well. So fair enough. Um, okay. And then at Imperial, um, you've been there for five years, and five you years. said uh, earlier that that's mm-hmm. the first time you moved to London. Yeah. And how was your time in London? So talk, talk to me I've about I've loved Imperial. it. I've loved it, Kitty. Like I. Um, like to be honest it was like a dream always to come to London um, to study in London um, I love the city I love how it's like so busy and I can get to anywhere in like a, you know like an hour or so um, and like, there's just so much going on so I love it here good yeah. I wanted to say a quick anecdote about um, Jungle because I invited her to actually record at my house <laughs> and I told her I live where I live which is South East London and she lives in North West London and she was like that's really close to me <laughs> and I was like what the fuck are you talking about because it's miles apart it takes like an hour and a half she was like oh but i'm from reading so anywhere's close and i was yeah no i feel like literally like if i can if i can go anywhere with an oyster then that's it's close i can it's really accessible. that's how wow. I see you are not a londoner <laughs> you are so not a londoner but yeah um okay so then at uh, there are still days when i wake up and i'm like wow i'm actually in london I do that I know I do that so I'm actually yeah so I've been living here for three years Mm. and every single day I hate the city because it's so expensive but I'll see the beautiful skyline and I'll be like wow it's yeah I love this place and my my office is a great view Mm. of London Eye and things like that so Mm. and do you enjoy studying medicine as well I love being a student in London but studying medicine (laughs) has its ups and downs (laughs) I can't lie but I love being a student in London yeah I really envied because I wasn't a student Mm. here I really envied people that studied here and I grew up at that age where and I I mean this was several years ago now I grew up at that age where everyone used to go to Saucy on a Friday yeah and you know, ministry you, on a Tuesday. If you went where, sorry? Ministry on a Tuesday. No, because I was never here on a Tuesday, Changavi. I had university <laughs> at my real university. <laughs> I know, you know what? I wish I studied in London because I'd know what ministry was like on a Tuesday. <laughs> but my point is, is um, yeah, I had a lot of friends at UCL yeah. and uh, I used to go to Saucy every Friday and I thought, oh my God, this is great. So many Asian people who look like me and act like me and yeah. dance like me and like the same music and Bollywood and you know have the same kind of vibes and i was so envious and i i used to beg desperately for anything to happen but now you look back and think now i'm in london i've got a completely different view of london completely different kind of aspects but i'm glad you enjoy the student life yeah. and are you not sick of it after five years no i don't think you can get sick of it because there's such a, literally so much to do and student loan company <laughs> are you listening to this shit <laughs> this girl gonna rinse you 
No, but honestly, like I think every year it's just like a different phase, you know. Like two okay. years ago, I had the fitness phase, so then I, I wanted to go and try all these like different cool studios. This year is the vegan phase. So I want to try out these cool vegan restaurants. Are you vegan? I mean, I'm trying to be. I'm not. I'm okay. Not, but uh, yeah, I'm trying to be. But I'm trying to speak it into existence. Okay, good. Well. Vegan is good for the environment. That's the only one thing. Actually, I had a vegan salad today for lunch. Did you? Yeah. Let's but I am vegetarian, though. Oh, in general? Yeah, in general. Like I've never met a Tamil who's vegetarian. Is it? Mm. Not a Tamil from Sri Lanka. Yeah. No, you're not going to call you Sri Lanka Tamil. Yeah. Tamil from the island. From the homeland. Yeah, from the, yeah, <laughs> from the homeland. Yeah. From the motherland. I feel yeah, weird I, oh, saying I that. Call, I, no, I don't mind calling myself, like, from Ceylon or, like, Lanka, but I think... Mm. Lanka. i got problems with Lanka. Cause oh. have you, do you know the story of Ravan? Yeah. You know, you're Hindu, right? But I'm a Tamil as well. So tell me your story of Ravan because I think we have, also, I think we have different, uh, we might have different. So Ravan obviously was this vicious beast, although I think he was very misunderstood. I, I think, think that's I think so too, because actually as a Tamil, we, we Honestly, have, Modi supporters we look up are coming to, for me. We, we look up, we, we. You look up to Ravan? Not, no, we have a good, so Ravan and... He did have kidnapped Sita though. How I do you no, explain I think, that? So I think there are two versions of a Ramayana. And honestly, I'm not, I'm not like, a, in, I'm not into, I'm not, like, I haven't read the two epics for me to give you a proper commentary. But um, as Tamils, Ravanan was uh, the king of Lanka, yes. so the island. And yeah. he was a Tamil king. Okay. And he was a great devotee of Lord Shiva. Okay. Um, and there are temples in, um, in, in the island. Um, dedicated to Ravanan. Okay. Um, and there's also there's a big um, temple called Tiruhonamale. Okay. In, in in yeah back home, which is where he was he's made like a cut using his sword or something like that. So there's like a lot of mythology which surrounds that. Um, and there are also like seven wells which he brought up like something like that. So we. I mean, it's the version of events. I kidnapped Sita, yes or no? Because I think I that's know. why people know. beef him. People beef him because he I mean, kidnapped someone else's wife. <laughs> I think no one, no one had any problems with I, him. I, I, I he was it. living his life, yeah. like doing good in Sri yeah. Lanka, Lanka mm-hmm. I'm sure. Yeah. Then one day he just thought, like, I need a wife. I'm going to kidnap someone else's. Mm-hmm. Then he took her away. Mm-hmm. She was a light skin. Naturally, people are going to revolt because she's light skin. <laughs> that's a big thing, by the way, in Hindu mythology. Like, yeah. Gali G is depicted as like this crazy ass mofo. Actually, I should never call her mofo. I honestly, I will get Hindu nationalists coming for me. Well, whatever I said it. But then she was kidnapped, mm-hmm. and now Lanka's a bad guy. But actually, why did he kidnap her in the first place? This is what I don't, I don't understand. Know. I, I, to be honest, I don't know the reasoning. So I'm sure. I'm things, sure. I'm but, sure there um, was like some logic. Maybe yeah, she flirted with I, him and he kidnapped yeah, but her. I, I, mean, I don't to be know. Fair, I don't. I don't know the whole intricacies. Same. I'm not actually a very but, good Hindu, yeah. so I wouldn't even know the real <laughs> yeah, Ramayan. But, yeah, <laughs> like I, mean, the, I say real, but different. like Hindu Ramayan, like Hindu mm. Indian Ramayan, because I wouldn't know. Yeah. But yeah, isn't it interesting that we have two different views? But I knew I knew that Ravan was worshipped in Lanka yeah. because he's a king of Lanka. And that's why I'm like, ooh, Ravan. Yeah, Ravan so yeah, yeah, interesting. Um, Interesting, yeah. And, yeah. and that's one of the reasons why, so Deepavali, Diwali, we call it Deepavali. Yeah. So like, we don't celebrate it for the same reasons. So why we, do you celebrate so it? We, during that time, we have another, like um, a traditionally Tamil festival, which we call Kartike Vilakude. Kartike means November, comes around the same time. Um, so we light up the house for November. Um, to be honest, I'm not, and, and that's that's about, you know, illuminating your ignorance, that sort of stuff. Um, but we don't, we don't celebrate the killing of Ravanan. 
that's not we our actually yeah i mean we do celebrate that because yeah. robin's thing gets burnt down but yeah. i'm i mean i said i like personally diwali because it's time for family yeah it's a christmas thing yeah. for me it's like a, oh the lights are pretty i get money and gifts yeah. and get to eat really yummy food in the presence of the, my loved ones <laughs> yeah as opposed to like oh robin king like Yay. i don't actually give a shit about the remind sorry to say hindu <laughs> supporters don't conform yeah. me no but it's yeah. the same thing for us like obviously it's it's a time for like social celebrations but we don't celebrate Robin and getting killed. Thank you. I learned a lot today, actually. That's really interesting. <laughs> interesting and we'll see Festival Court Card. But I think I need to go and look this up as well. I will edit this whole part out. If it's wrong, <laughs> who kidnapped who? <laughs> who kidnapped who? Robin definitely kidnapped Sita. I'm not going to lie. I don't know. Sita and Yahweh <laughs> kidnapping the King of Lanka. Like, let's, maybe Ram beefed. I, have, I don't know. I need to I find out the history. I'm going to message Balaji yeah. people and find out, basically. <laughs> They're very controversial. Um, okay, so moving on from medicine. Mm. So you're very active. And mm. I mean, I don't even personally know you that well. I've met you a couple of times. Mm. But I think I've grown to feel like I know you a lot more because of how active your activist work. And I want to call it activist because you speak a lot for Tamil people. I don't want to say people of Sri Lanka because I will get people beefing me again. Um, and also I think you do a lot of work in terms of social mobility. So I know you're doing some tech work. Mm-hmm. Um, you have sp- spoke a few times at talks. <laughs> That's not the way I want to phrase it. But my point is you're quite active yeah. outside of medicine. And do you want to talk a little bit about like the, the projects you've done in the past that were really important to you and kind of what um, you've been doing, what you've been up to? Yeah, and I'm I mean, talking just even committees here, like society. I know you've been part of Tamil Society. Yeah, so I was um, president of Imperial's Tamil Society two years ago. No big deal, Which guys. I loved. Which Got was a celebrity. <laughs> which I loved. It was, it was such a good experience. Um, and like I said, you know, before I came to uni, I wasn't even in the Tamil scene. I didn't even know any many like Tamils. So that's why I wanted to come in. And I, was, I saw TSOC and I was like, yay. I'm, I'm gonna join um, so that was really good um, but I think you know like again like being an Im- immigrant I think one I think it's so instilled in us to go and seize every opportunity that comes your way yes do you not think yes I agree and I think as immigrants we stand on the shoulders of so many people I feel right um, and the way I see it like we we got the chance to escape um, like I know people who've studied with me who I don't even know if they're alive right now like I said, my hometown is literally 16 kilometers away from where the end of the war took place. So if I always think to myself, if I was there, if my mom didn't get this PhD and if she didn't come here, would I have made it out alive? Yeah. Right? And that makes me feel so thankful for all the opportunities that come my way. Of course. Um, and like I said, again, being an immigrant, you just have to seize all the opportunities that come your way. Um, and I think being at, in London, being in central London, I think it's just amazing how many things that come your way. Um, it really is like a capitalistic mm. option like it is capitalizing on your opportunities mm. essentially and I think the other important thing to note is that whether your country is in a time of conflict or not mm. the breadth and depth of opportunities here are limitless, limitless. and they really call countries like New- uh, countries <laughs> no, they really call cities like uh, London New York mm. Paris, the cities that never sleep. And, yeah, because I don't think they sleep. To like live in a yeah. city like that, right? To pay rent here, girl, you're oh, privileged no. AF. Like, that is <laughs> student all. Student finance. <laughs> student finance student company. Finance. <laughs> but yeah, no, my point is, is you're really trying to, and also you don't even know if you're going to settle here, right? Because you no. still haven't made applications, you don't have final kind of whereabouts as to where you're going to live no. for F1 and no. F2. So you, you don't even know if you're going to get this opportunity again. Yeah. So for sure, say yes. Exactly. But I mean, you still haven't talked about your opportunities. Yeah, so... um. 
so like I said, I try and get involved with the Tamil scene as much as I can. Um, and with that comes, you know, I get to meet um, a lot of people, uh, especially when I go back home as well. I tend to meet like loads of local people uh, because that's the sort of work my grandparents do as well. They get really involved with the local community. So when I then come back here, I feel the need to raise awareness. So that's one of the things I do, raise awareness. Um, and I think one of my priorities right now is I study with so many Tamils, but I feel like they don't actually know um, why they're here. Because I, I also think it's a generational thing hmm. where you have come, you have come at nine years old mm-hmm. to this country. Mm-hmm. Others are either born here, yeah. their parents are born here, yeah. they've come at a young age, mm-hmm. and they don't go back. Yeah. And I think that's the biggest issue. That is the biggest, big issue because their eyes are closed. Yeah, yeah, and they are also exposed to mm. western media mm. which does not cover no. the conflict of Sri Lanka no. apart from the one terrorist attack no. that took place I don't think you hear about Sri Lanka ever no no um yeah I agree I agree I think that's one of the main issues but I think um a lot of Tamils I know actually have um their parents have been were born back home they moved here maybe in the 80s 90s um they've been born here but I find it a shame that they don't know their history right because whether you like it or not this kind of shapes who you are um so that's why i try and speak up um as much as i can and one of the main reasons actually kitty is because um i went to myanmar two years ago um and we went to myanmar to do a healthcare camp um that was also an opportunity through imperial which um imperial funded us to go to myanmar carry out a healthcare camp and we had a great time we posted about it we had a great time we came back home and then we realized actually hold up Myanmar is in crisis and we've just gone there and advertised this whole country um, and obviously there's a whole genocide taking place against the Muslims which we didn't know about, about we did know kind Rohingyas. of about yeah yes. but we didn't actually look into it enough I felt and that's when I realized hold on I like to think I'm a well-read person but I still didn't know much about this place and that that made me realize hold on if I don't speak up about the whole genocide back home then other people aren't going to know about what's happening in Sri Lanka. You make a good point, actually. Mm. And Myanmar especially is a troubled country. Yeah. It's been troubled bef- way before the genocide of the Rohingyas. Yeah. And, um, I mean, it went from Burma to Myanmar. Mm. It's, you know, pre-colonization, post-colonization, mm. complete different things. And I'm glad that you're using your voice to educate people like me. Because, <laughs> actually, I hadn't spoke to you in years. And yeah. it's only after I read your Instagram stories, I understood that this is still an ongoing crisis. Yeah, I think it's very easy for... People, I'm not going to name groups and communities here to say, actually, that was over. The war's over now. The civil war's over. But you can slap it and label it and call it whatever you want. But at the end of the day, there are people still being discriminated against because of who they are as an identity, like, in their identity. I don't care if people are not flat out being killed. But it's a fact that your national national anthem is no longer in Tamil. It's a fact that actually in Colombo, they prefer you to speak Sinhalese Mm. than Tamil. I know that because of first-hand experience my friends have had. And, you know, being served differently in a restaurant because you can, they can hear you speak Tamil and things like that. Why are the politicians, like, representation really poor of Tamils when Tamils are, like, almost half the country as well? Um, so, yeah, no, I'm glad. And I think you should keep doing it. And, again, I'm not one to really talk about it too much. Mm-hmm. But, again, I know you, you vouch for it a lot on your Instagram. And I as do other cool people that will link below <laughs> in the description. But, um, yeah, for sure, check out their media, guys, if you want to learn a little bit more about it. Um, who are your friends at uni? Oh, my God. Do you want me to name them? Do you want me to? I'll give a shout out to Simran. Because she, <laughs> Simran's my best friend from uni. She's and... honestly just the biggest sweetheart. Yeah. Simran is great. Hi, Sim. <laughs> Hi. Yes. Hello. Um, 
but yeah who as in you don't have to name them but like you t- I, I from what i know of you you tend to gravitate towards south asians yeah I think naturally, um, and I think that's because of the societies we get involved in, uh, the, like university, the committees you're in. So obviously I was in TSOC, so most of my friends are from TSOC, Indian SOC, because I lived with them in the same house, and they're my friends now too. A lot of medics are brown. A lot of medics are brown, yeah. So um, those are my friends. <laughs> and that's okay. And then do you think that after you've spent so much time with people of colour, mm. that you struggle sometimes to speak to people of Caucasian backgrounds. Ooh. Interesting question. Uh, and I don't mean struggle as in your prejudice, yeah, 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 no, but no, no. in terms of conversation and having points mm. to talk about, what's your relationship I think like? It depends. I think it depends on what that relationship is. So if I'm meeting them for the first time, then it's not it's not a struggle at all. Um, I don't think I see them as any different. And I think from through different projects I've been working in, I do get to meet people from different backgrounds. Um, but I guess like if you were to look, if you were looking to build like a deeper friendship. Then the banter is slightly different. Like, See, isn't is that interesting different. though? Because at the start of this interview, yeah. we talked about how you grew up in a almost white majority, yeah. Yeah. and you had a great time. You talked yeah. about you having a great time at primary yeah. school, great time yeah. at school. Yeah. If you were to be thrown back into that environment, mm-hmm. how would you, how would you venture on? You're making a this face. This is difficult. I, I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think. If but I you see back. how this like. No, but I still keep in touch. Like I'm still like friends with my friends from back in the day. But uh, <laughs> from from school, um, I don't know. I haven't actually thought about this. But I don't know. I don't. I don't think that should. It should be. It's an issue. Really? Okay. No. I don't know. I don't think it should be an issue. I'm not trying should, to yeah. um, probe here and mm. make you answer the question in a way that I think you should answer it or mm. would typically stereotype yeah. you to answer it. I think it's more. Uh, if I speak from personal point of view, I grew up in a very white area. Yeah. And. Um, I only had pretty much white friends at school, yeah. with the exception of one or two people. My only people of colour friends were, in school, mm. were my family friends. So they were my parents' friends' kids, yeah. or my cousins, or whoever lived in proximity. And in, when I got to college, I changed schools, and it changed a little bit. I made more friends of different backgrounds. I started to hang out a little bit more with people of colour. Went right back to where I went to, a, I, at the time, where I went to university, it was very full of white people. And there wasn't a lot of people of Indian ethnicity or Indian descent, sorry, not ethnicity. And I could probably count, I I knew them all because that's how many of them were. And I had a complete all white friends in first year. And then I started to become involved with things like just Bollywood Mm. and Indian society at University of Sheffield. And I started to pursue passion projects for South Asian encouragement. Mm. I spoke about sexual violence in the South Asian community and mental health. And I think I got to know lots of contacts. Now, if you threw me back in a completely white environment, I think I would really struggle. But you work in a pretty white environment, don't I you? I think I actually have a very diverse team. Right. I have a very, very diverse team. And I think I've, that's the beauty of living in London. Exactly. I don't think and I, I would have it. got the same elsewhere. Mm. Um, but I think that's why. Mm. And actually, a lot of my best friends at work, some of whose weddings I'm going to and I'm go to dinner with them outside of work and I know I'd be friends with them outside of work are all ethnic yeah all of them mm. Every do you think that's a coincidence and they're all Indian oh just so happened to <laughs> no I don't think they're all Indian but my best friends are definitely Indian mm. and my closest friends are ethnic for sure I think you do gravitate a lot more towards people you have a lot more in common with yeah and they naturally tend to be Indian or South Asian um yeah but I think it's interesting and it's relatability as well mm. so it's like cracking up a joke but then another person it? not even just of 
any person of color like i i personally crack jokes sometimes and my black friends don't get it yeah. or my east asian friends don't get it and i'm like oh only a true desi would know <laughs> so yeah i think you're right and yeah. I, I shouldn't probe you for an answer but it was just something i wanted you to think mm. about and yeah, i'm glad I, it tripped you up yeah i think i yeah I'm, I'm, I'm trying to think i'm trying to put myself into that in that situation but so far i don't i don't think i've had an issue good yeah good i'm but. glad <laughs> I'll have to not look as ignorant now and change my answer. (laughs) But it's just um, something I want you to keep with you and think about because it definitely changes over time. And you're almost in your mid-twenties. I know you're so old now. (gasps) Don't say the M word. I still still consider myself the early twenties. You know, I'm officially mid-twenties now, so I can tell you it doesn't get better. It's downhill from here. I think you're at the prime of your life. No, 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 let's not say that. It's so sad. You're really at the prime of your life. Like, I was final year, the year of my graduation and the year I started work. Wow. I would not recognize myself. I was like shit hot. Like <laughs> I was amazing. I was like, I did everything under the sun. Mm-hmm. And like, I think I could pursue everything. And now it's like, ooh, I got like little podcasts going on. I've gained weight. Like I, I work a corporate job. Like not as glam, but definitely enjoy your time mm-hmm. at university. And I'm glad yeah. that you've got another year left. You've got so I think much that, more I think that was one do. of the benefits of doing medicine. Where are you going on elective? Haven't decided yet. I'm thinking South America. I just, I'm, I, I just want to go somewhere completely. I different. approve. You approve? So many people go to Australia. Yeah, but I think I'm just done with that side of the world now. Like, I, just, <laughs> I, I need a break. You know. We can practice your Spanish before you go. But let's do it. You know some? I uh, know. Not. I'm, I'm sure you know hola. Yeah. Como I, estas? I, I haven't learned Spanish. I don't know. Oh yeah, <laughs> we'll work on that part then. We'll work on that part. We're gonna talk about the future of your identity now. Okay. Um. So, my mm. question to you would be, do you speak Tamil? That's a stupid question, because I know you speak Tamil. Yeah, I, I do speak Tamil, because um, I learnt it first. Do you read and write? I can read and write, yeah. Amazing. But I think uh, growing up, there was a, a huge emphasis on being able to like read, like read loads of books. And that's all I did like growing up. Back in the day, before you had phones, that's all you do, right? That is all you do. And I was yeah. in Sri Lanka when you grow up. It's yeah. like Harry Potter's in yeah. Tamil. And also <laughs> interesting, like, like I said, when we came here, we're going to go back. That was the plan. So... When we came here, my parents came with like a whole luggage of like um, books mm-hmm. for year four, year five, year six, year seven from from back home, all the textbooks because they were like in four years when you go back you need to be up to date with like the Sri Lankan education yeah, system with the curriculum back home. So that's why like so I would go to I would go to school and come back and I work through these Tamil textbooks because I had to be up to date for when I went back. You were that really nerdy kid. <laughs> I was that nerdy kid. Because like honestly, if you is anything like Indian curriculum, yeah. that shit is like algebra when you're, you're eight years old. You're out here doing differentiation. Yeah. Honestly, yeah. yeah. So that was me um, with like Tamil. So you speak Tamil fluently. And then what about, can we touch upon your little sister actually? Mm. So what age did your little sister come here? So I have a younger brother and a younger sister. My God! Yeah. They both were abandoned. <laughs> no, my brother came here. My brother came here. And your sister? My sister, we left her behind. She was like four months old at the time. Wait, where is she now? She's she's here now. Okay, thank God. I was now. like poor abandoned sister. <laughs> no, no, Reach she's out. I I would sue my parents. Yeah. We no, me. we bought her back when she was like a year and a bit old. And okay. I remember, like, on the first day she came here, she didn't know who we were. And she was just, like, crying. She was like, where's, like, I'm a, I'm a mommy's, like, grandma. Where is she? Where is she? But um, she's okay now. She's settled in. Okay, good. How old is she? She is 15. Okay, good. And your brother? Oh, my God. 17. Wow. Guys, it's clear that she does not love you both <laughs> because she doesn't know anything about your lives. <laughs> yeah, um, he's 17. And how 15. do they read and write Tamil? So my sister can read and write Tamil. But maybe not as fluently, so it's her, it's she learns it as a second language. 
So, so how does she learn it from your parents? So, no, from my parents, and they go to Tamil school. I, I don't knew know if you guys every have it. every single person on my show has been to some kind of ethnic school. Yeah, and that's like Spanish that's like school. school. I went to school. It's I, like think a it's thing. Such, I think it's a, it's such a good way of meeting other people of your own community. I think that's where our yes. parents go. Yes. Um, and like where like even when we moved to like Reading, when we moved to Birmingham, that's one of the first things my parents will try and seek out. Like where's the nearby? You're Tumble going school. to learn Bharatnatyam, and you're <laughs> going to go to Tamil school. Two things. Yeah. Tick, so, tick. But I think Tamil school is mainly for my parents. They just want to find like oh, their friends. Okay, got you. And then as a since while they're there, they might as well take their kids along as well. I think. But that, then I, my brother has like has basically insisted on not speaking Tamil. To my parents' frustration, they're like, you have to speak Tamil, but he's just so like. So he doesn't speak Tamil. He, he can speak Tamil, he can understand it, but I think he's, he's going through that phase when he thinks he's too cool for Tamil, you know? I also think he's going to regret that though. If you're he listening, is. you're going to regret it because I was really worried about speaking Hindi and mm. my Hindi got really bad to mm. a point where I couldn't, and even today, I don't yeah. think it's great because I don't speak it that much. Yeah. And my Hindi, my mum couldn't speak English growing up. She was like a very, you know, she really struggled learning language. And I think because of a result, I had no choice but to speak Hindi. And that's why I don't read and write, but I'm like pro at speaking yeah. it. And you'd regret it when you get older because the more you practice, the better you get. Yeah. And I think that's important. Even at home, um, if your parents speak to him in Tamil, what does he reply in? English. No! My parents always speak in Tamil. Jungle's brother, what are you doing? I'm going to at you. I'm coming for you. I'm coming for you. <laughs> um, we're trying to change that. We've been trying to change it. But it's. I think he's just going through that phase. So I took him back to the homeland like two years ago. I dropped him off at my dad's village. Dropped him off. I dropped him off, and I was like, "You're gonna stay here for a, for a week." Um, and people there didn't know how to speak English, so if he had, if he needed food or if he needed anything, he had to ask them in Tamil. Mm. Um, and when I went back to pick him up a week later, he could he could like he could get by. He could speak. Good. And he's speaking to them in Tamil. Yeah. And I was like, I need to do this more often. Unless they know more English than they let on. No, I don't think so. Because I went there and he was asking them stuff in Tamil. And like, okay, good. Things in Tamil, good. So, I'm glad. Chandler's so brother, you need a reality <laughs> check. We're going to make you speak Tamil by 2021. <laughs> don't worry. But I think it doesn't even have to be Tamil. I think the more languages you know, the mm-hmm. better it is. And like, I think starting with your mother tongue is the easiest way but what, how can you say to him with your chest, like not even Tamil, when he's Tamil? He is Tamil, yeah. But I'm saying like, it's, I'm not, I'm saying the more languages you can speak. It's just convenient. Better. It's yeah. a skill, right? Yeah, like I think for CV. my kids, with my kids, I would want them to speak like seven languages, ideally. Same. At right. least minimum. Yeah. So, because then they can go anywhere in the world. They can do whatever <laughs> they want, you know, like the world is their oyster. Um, so, yeah. And of I think starting sure. with your mother tongue is the easiest. Yeah, and you want to be able to pass that down to your kids as well. Yeah. You and can't think, do that if you don't know it yourself. Yeah, and I think for me, my language really keeps me grounded. So every time Agreed. I feel every time I feel a bit low, like every time I feel like, you know, I need something or some inspiration, I just like dive a bit deeper into like some Tamil literature or something and I'm like, okay, okay, I'm Tamil, like this is me, this is who I am. You Even know? conversing in Hindi brightens my day yeah. because I feel like it just sounds better. And also, you know when you talk to yourself? I don't know if you find this. I speak in Hindi. Yeah, if I need to like motivate myself, I'll speak to myself in Tamil because it kind of subconsciously like reminds me of my grandparents and my parents because like, oh, you know, they're talking to me. Oh, sweet. So, and I just think it just brings me back to roots. And if I didn't have that, I wouldn't have that resource to sort of tap into. Good. I'm glad. Okay, can you teach me some Tamil now? Ooh. Like, what's a nice thing to say? So I know hello. Thank yeah. you to Kavya if you're listening. I'll t- I'll so t- I know t- hello, which is... Yeah, oh, that means like, how are, how are you? Oh, yeah. I think one of the, the, be- the most beautiful thing in Tamil, I think, is you know how so we learn A for apple, B for ball, C for, what is it, cat? Yeah, cat, whatever. Um, Tamil, when, for children, when they teach you the alphabet, so A, so R, 
um, is Aramse Yevirimbo. That's what they teach you. Easy so, words. Yeah. <laughs> no. So Aramse. So instead of you telling you a for like an object, it'll be a phrase. Aramse Yevirimbo basically means desire to do good. Have Say that again slowly. Aram. 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 Seya. Seya. Virimbo. Virimbo. Yeah. Aram. Seya. Virimbo. Yeah. That's good. So this is what they teach primary school kids. It's. It, I, I think. So they learn to say a for desire to do good because it starts with a. Oh, that's Have the desire nice. to do good. That's nice. Um, and then R. That's the second letter. That's Arvedasinam, which means Arvedasinam. Yeah. Ar- okay. Good. You're getting it. So I'm that, basically Tamil now. Yeah. <laughs> Where's my passport? <laughs> and that means um, control your anger. Okay. Yeah. And I think that's beautiful because like it teaches you like from I think from primary school they're small like they're just small phrases values so you should live your life that's nice a lot better than A for apple B for ball (laughs) C for cat D for dog E for dog yeah I actually got got dog E E for for elephant elephant. (laughs) F for frog I don't know I'm making them up now but yeah that was basically India growing up Um, and then on a final note because we're coming to the Mm -hmm. end what do you think will strengthen your relationship with your identity what would you like to do a little bit more ooh Actually, there's a lot I want to do more of. Um, I think maybe starting off with celebrating more Tamil festivals. Um, I feel like, obviously, living in a foreign country, it's difficult to have that. Um, so one of our main festivals is Thanksgiving Harvest Festival called Taipongal. Um, so we don't really get to celebrate that properly. But What's that's it called? Taipongal. Pongal, I think. Oh, we have Pongal. Yeah, we have Pongal in South um, like, San, India, yes. Sankranti? Sankranti? We have, yeah, so we have Makar yeah. Sankranti, but it's the same time as Pongal. And yeah. Pongal's a thing as well. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. So like things like that. Um, so celebrating more uh, festivals. Um, for me, it's also like going deeper into like um, like Tamil literature, that sort of stuff. Going back home, I guess. Going home back yeah. more. That's going nice. More. Have you got any plans? I I mean I try and go back as much as I can, but this year my sum my summers are getting so short now. I have like three weeks this summer, so it's so <laughs> <I'm aware>. difficult. <laughs> it's so difficult um, to find a time that works with my grandparents and my parents. But yeah. I would go back by myself. I did go back by myself for like three months in 2016. Um, Do you have a great time? I had a great time. Great. I, you know, I, I have so much banter with my grandparents. Um, <laughs> it's funny because like I get along so well with them and I feel like they have such busy lives. So I have so <laughs> much to do with them. Yeah. Um, so three months went by pretty quickly. That's good. I'm glad. Yeah. Well, I mean, if there's anything we can do and we Ooh. being the public and I... <laughs> Because I'm so popular, you know. <laughs> everyone's listening to this. God, I've got hundreds and thousands of listeners. Um, speak into existence. <laughs> speak into existence, <laughs> click, click. Um, if there's anything we can do to help you, then please do let us know. I'll let you know. I'll, I'll let try you know. and use my connections. Maybe someone will reach out to you. I'm hoping that will be the case. And okay. be like, actually, there's a library of Tamil literature here. Oh there's God. a library of Tamil films here. Like, oh, that's I'm, amazing. I'm hoping, I'm hoping. And... Um, yeah, I think that's about it. Yeah, thank you so much for thank having me on so today. Much. I had such a good time. Thank you so much. And like much speaking for about something so close to home, good. Um, I'm so glad. close to me. So so. And I'm so glad people don't get to read it just on an Instagram page mm. because people can really misinterpret things. Yeah. The tone of your voice really dictates your passion for what you mean, and also just brings it to existence. It's. I think it's. People who want to listen will listen to this. Yeah. And they'll get to know everything they need to know. Yeah. And if they want to know more, they can reach out to you. And reach yeah. out to other people who are great advocates of the Tamil community. Yeah. But my point is, thank you so much for coming. Thank my, you so much for great. having me. I mean, I learned a lot today as well. Oh, I'm glad. I'm Love glad. I mean, I learned so much from you as well. 
Thank you. Well, I mean, Robin definitely kidnapped Sita. But we will I mean, go. No, let's we look will, this up. We will go. I think we need to look into his motivations. I'm like, I don't know. What's his motive? I don't know. I bet Sita was trapping him behind his back. Behind Ram's back. Mm, I don't know. I'll, I can't I can't say. <laughs> I will find out. I'm gonna refrain from answering that. No, that's it as I, as will I. Honestly, people are gonna boycott me day, episode <laughs> one. Um, but thank you so much for coming and um, stay tuned for the next episode of Gen 2.0. Hey.